This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is... You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and term supply. See mcdonalds.com. Live commentary. Intercepted by Dwight, Dwight Gale. Running forward now. Takes a shot from the edge of the area. Great shot. Great save. Told you we could hit him, man. Chase, you mentioned to me earlier about the speed of his shot. And uh, it's a shot from Dobby, it goes high and wide, but that shot from Dwight Gale really did trouble the goalkeeper. Live interviews. To be fair, we, we were scratching around trying to find somewhere else to go, and there was a cafe open, so we just thought, oh, I thought we'll go in and have a cafe, like a breakfast, you know, there's people walking to work, and we're just so coming in and my dancing gear and whatnot. It was, uh, it, was, it was quite funny, to be fair. We all sat there having eggs, eggs benedict and chips and a cup of tea. There's no alcohol drunk, that was the stupid thing, you know, talking about us celebrating, we're all having cups of tea. Expert analysis. It's a, it's a free kick to Palace on the edge of the box, it was a trialist orange boots who, who was tripped on the edge of the box. Um, <laughs> trialist orange boots? Yeah, we're going to call him trialist, like trialist is his first name and orange boots is like a double barreled surname. Sam's Dutch. Well, most of the time anyway. Homesdale Radio. We'll, we'll have to do <laughs> that is really odd um, I wonder what bike he's actually broadcasting um, yeah, yeah. Oh, there we go we're back that's pretty funny thanks for that we might have to start that one again <laughs> cheers Ryan no, what, what do you want to say Ryan no 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 no, no. hang on Ryan but he's here he's got on the radio what do you want to say about yesterday don't be rude don't be rude I, I I only watched the highlights, so I didn't. I That's don't right. really have much to say. I thought that we, we look, the first half looked like we played good, expansive football, but second half it looks like we need to get another defender in, which we all know. Okay, okay. excellent. Well done, cheers, Ryan. mate. Uh, cheers, mate. Yeah. Yeah, thank you for letting us know. Um, <laughs> yeah, cheers. <laughs> no worries. But well, that's uh, cheers. Bye. Now that is uh, that is slightly distracting. We've. Um, Apparently, we've been broadcasting some sort of typing sounds and stuff, so you haven't really heard anything. Really know what to do with that. Um, um, I'll tell you what, what we'll do is we're just going to play you. Play you uh, gonna play. <laughs> All right, I just noticed what happened. Mikey's right, what we're going to do, we're going to. Um, I've got a fantastic introduction. Like It was just brilliant, wasn't it? Should we do it again? Let's do it again. Let's start the show again. I'm going to do it. I don't, care, I don't care what anyone says. Um, okay, Not just pretend. In that five minute advert. Yeah. Oh no! Apparently, they heard news in 
They heard news in brief. Hmm. Hmm. All right, listen, we're going to come back. We're going to... Okay, so just pretend nothing else has happened. It's news in brief. News in brief just finished. Here we are. Okay, welcome back from news in brief, my wonderful impression of Joe Holyoke. Um, well, <clears throat> so first, first of all, and uh, for the second time for all of us, we're going to sort of start with talking about the Stoke game. Oh, this feels weird now. Feels awkward, doesn't it? Um... So we lost, uh, we lost two one game of two halves, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, first fifteen minutes, I'm going to ask you the question I asked you before, Alex. Um, obviously, Palace Palace started strongly. Stoke were well, very much in the game, but player that stood out first of all was Jose Campagna. So once more, can you give us your opinion, perhaps opinion of, of those at the game? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll say the same thing again. He uh, he certainly excited the Palace fans based on what we saw at the Spurs game. We lacked that. Uh, the flair and the movement in midfield that that he creates and gives uh, you saw the ball over to Joel Ward later on that you'll talk about um, just everything about his movement and just wanting to be involved for the whole game and not being afraid you saw a lot of players at the Spurs game and at that game that actually when they get the ball they just want to rush to give it whereas he's more than happy to take a few touches beat a man and, and bring it back and, and he wants to run the game himself and he connected really well with Jednak and I think a lot of people can see that being a very strong partnership this year yeah, I mean, it's obviously early days for him and he's not really had any, any real playing time or anything like that. So it, it, it's, you know, having having sort of, uh, you know, joined the club with an injury and had a bit of a disruptive pre-season, it's, I think you can see that the talent there is is just immense. It really is. Um, it's quite frightening to think you, you pay £1.75 million for a player of that ability just by going abroad. Uh, it's not as if Spain is a, is a secret or anything like that, but you try and buy a player, you try and buy a twenty-year-old uh, English midfielder with that level of technical ability, and, and just think how much money you'd have to pay. It's, could be a could be a truly fantastic signing. Um, yeah, okay, and, well, cool. and the first game being away at Stoke, uh, the fact that Holloway's chucked him in there and played him away at the Britannia, I think says a whole lot about how confident he is and what the ability that that he has and how much we believe in him. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Can be a real key player this year. Um, as we sort of uh, sort of headed that sort of fifteen minutes to thirty minute period of the game, um, it was a real, it was a key instant that I just started to ask Jell about before we realised that no one could hear us. Um, and it was uh, basically a fantastic pass, absolutely beautiful pass from from Campania uh, to Joel Ward, who was really pushing up in that first half from the right back position. Got well inside the area and was just pushed straight over in, in the box and. I mean, he sort of gave an exasperated look towards the referee, but there was no strong appeal. And as I was saying before, I feel he has. We we have to, as as the club that we are in the Premier League, we we have to actually appeal like we're appealing for a decision in the cricket. You know, scream how's that and demand a demand a penalty. So, I mean, Joe, what's your what's your view on that? Well, just a, you know, we're a small team in with the big boys now. Um, they can bully us and throw us about. And we're not going to moan about it, or, or I mean, you know, or at least harangue the referee um, like other teams do. Then, then uh, you know, just every time if you get a decision, you get kicked. You know, you generally, if it's near a microphone, you hear that player who gets kicked shout, "Go down!" Holding, you know, they've been shot. Um, but with Wald, like you say, just he just looked at the referee instead of screaming and going, you know, and going mad, turning around and berating the lino and and just having a. You know, just having a real a real go. I mean, if it, listen, if a penalty is obvious, it's obvious. You know, um, 
I just, uh, again, I just think it's, we're not small team mentality, but we got, we, we have got some honest players, you know, Mm. we, and, and I think we do need to put, you know, if, if, if you've something, but you know, get kicked, punch, whatever you've got, you can have to, you can have to start going down, you know, properly. The big thing is the line now as well, though. The linesman should see that, shouldn't he? Whether, whether you agree with the ref should have seen that or not, the linesman is there, that's in front of him. But Al, they've gone back to being linos when a couple of years ago they were assistant referees and they could have yeah. given it. And if you watch a referee will give a de- give a decision like a throw on, and then immediately as he gives a decision, the linesman will then give it with his flag. It, it always it's the way it works now. Yeah, but I don't know what you're saying, Joe. No, it's the same, Joe. They do seem to be led. Uh, Barney, if I can bring you in, have you got a, a view on this penalty incident? Um, yeah, I mean it was uh, it was pretty clear from. Um, you know, from, from looking at it over and over again. Um, I, I kind of agree with Joe and Alex a little bit there. I mean, I think it's a bit of a team problem. Um, I think we've almost come into this league showing a little bit much of um, a little bit too much respect towards the opposition a little bit. I noticed it at Spurs um, the other week and certainly yesterday in the early period of the game. It's almost like we don't want to upset the big boys and it's like, oh, hang on, we're on, the, you know, we're on an away ground don't want to don't want to get the crowd on the wrong side maybe i'm looking into it too much mm. but yeah you know ward should, he was he was clearly brought down you know i'm look, i'm thinking of players like suarez um wilshire and all these lot you know when they go down in the box they know they've got to appeal and they don't give mm. a a flying you know what if they get mm. if they really bug the away the home crowd or the away crowd yeah. they just do it you know they do it for the team yeah. whereas i just feel that yeah. that we're a little bit we're a little bit polite at the moment, which is a bit weird coming from you know South London. We should be a little bit more bullish, and you know we should be calling these yeah. things. No, I think I, part of me thinks that probably. Um, I, sorry, we have got a caller coming in. Go, on, Mikey. Uh, hello. Hi, is that a whole radio? It is. Yeah. Um. Do you want to turn the radio down, mate, and you'll be able to hear us without getting confused? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> you can hear me again there. Hi, uh, hi, it's Jared. Oh, hi, Jared. Uh, I just wanted to talk to Joe about what he was saying about um, the appeals for for the penalties. I just, right. I just wanted, I just, I think um, going down the lightest bit of contact. I think that I remember Holloway was uh, when we. Funny enough, it was when we played Stoke in the FA Cup. Holloway was complaining about. Um, about the Stoke managers and the fans having to go as a half for what they thought was a die when we should have had a penalty. And I think the approach, the honest approach we've got is is quite it's quite a good read. I don't think we should start just just going going down when someone someone just lightly touches our shirt because no, but it's part of the game, Jared. That's the thing. Now, listen, if it, if if we're not going to start doing it, everyone else is going to do it in our penalty area, mate. Honestly, if this is the part of the Premiership. This is the thing that most people hate about the Premiership. The prima donnas, the way that you touch them and they go down, clutching their leg like they've been shot or they've been punched, or you know, they, 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 it's the tricks of the trade. We've got players, only a few players that have played at any high level, and they, these are the tricks of the trade, mate. If you, you've got to play people at their own game, when we got to Liverpool on. And Man United, I'm telling you now, you, you are so much as blow at one of their forwards. I tell you, they're going to go down quicker than you than you could turn around and say your own name. I'm not. I'm not sure it's true that the, the, the big clubs are always going to get the decisions. I mean, if you look at Gareth Bale, I mean, he was booked. He was 
booked a good five times for, for diving last season. One of them I remember was against Sunderland, who were no giants in, in the league themselves. So I'm not sure if big teams always get decisions. So I remember Ian Holloway saying he finds any of his players if, if they die. I'm not sure if that covers going down easily with a little bit of contact. But, I mean, then once you start talking about not going down easily, then, then you're looking at the fair play league, which could get a Europa League spot. So I think the, the honest approach we've got is probably he's going to win us fans and in like, neutral fans and then the referees are going to start to see that we're not going to appeal for the penalty because they've got a video review so they will look back at uh, look back at the instance and then they'll realise that just because we're not screaming and shouting and calling the ref every name under the sun doesn't mean that it's not a penalty so I think I think I think that we will start to get the decisions when they realise that we're not going to shout from the rooftops if, if if we do feel we deserve a penalty. Well, fair play to you. I mean, everyone's got a view. Listen, it's a fair point you make, Jared. I, I think, you know, obviously we've got to move on from this topic, but I just think that at the end of the day, we, we there was a decision that was not given and I think a fair point, a fair, oh, I just lost Jared, but I think a fair... A fair reason for it not being given is is that, that there was no strong appeal for it from from anyone, and I just you know that that's the point we're making. I think that's the point that Joe is trying to make is that you've got to you've got to approach the division with some realism. I mean, these things matter. It's nice to to be doing the right thing. It's nice to you know to, to, for fair play and all that sort of stuff. But it's not necessarily about fair play. It's about even. It's about things being even, isn't it? It's about you know having an equal chance, and if 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 one team is playing us, you know, should we say pushing the rules a little bit? Then, then of course you've got to play them at their own game. That's just how it is. That's that's kind of the nature of sport, if you like. If you know people do play on the edge, especially especially when it's highly competitive. But anyway, interesting discussion. But um, let's let's not dwell too much on it. Basically, you know, we you look at the incident. We should have had that penalty. Then it wasn't given, and, and it certainly won't. It wasn't the, it wasn't even the first time this season. Definitely won't be the last time this season. Um, so plenty of that to look forward to. I thought as the sort of as we reached the half hour period, we were really starting to dominate the game, really starting to look impressive. The, you know, the football went from being sort of two touches to being one touch. The passes went from being in the direction of someone to being right to their feet. I thought we really started to look a Premier League side, and sure enough, on that half hour mark, Shamak just scored a great goal. And well, Alex, what was the you know for the views from the from the stand of that goal? Well, it was one of those. It was one of those clearances, Delaney clearances, where you go, oh, for God's sake, why are you just hoping it take a touch and, and bring it down on the floor? But that time, Shawcross had an absolute mare. Uh, Shamak worked his ass off to get there, um, which which obviously shows how hungry and determined he actually is to, <laughs> to prove himself in this division. And he dropped his shoulder, dropped Shawcross, and and put it in the net. And it was just. Crazy, honestly, crazy. Seeing us score a Premier League goal was just—it's just out mm. there. One of the best moments for sure. Yeah. Now, I mean, the goal itself—it it, it was class what Shamak did. And uh, funnily enough, the, the commentary team on the Canadians channel I was watching it on um, <laughs> was, was, was saying that um, that they're not—you know—that's not the sort of player they imagined Shamak to be. And obviously, he's not been playing first team football on a regular basis for a couple of seasons now and um I, I you know you'd seen you see in the videos on YouTube he's good with his back to goal he, he plays mm. you know it's good little interplay good little touches well he's got a great touch but 
basically when you saw him out muscle Ryan Shawcross, I, I do think that that was quite a surprise. But he gave both the Stoke centre backs a real hard time all game uh, until he tired later on. And um, in terms of a finish, I mean. I think perhaps the fact that he didn't actually hit it that hard sort of didn't really do it justice because it looked like almost... I mean, he wrong fit of the keeper. He's completely done him. He shaped to, to curl it one side and then just sort of sl- drilled it leisurely to the other. And it's, it's, it's up there in terms of debut goals with the best that, I, that I've seen. So, you know, it's, it was just all about him. It was the individual. And I said, yeah, it's funny. It came from, came from the long ball that, that we've all kind of... Like you say, we just don't want to see kind of you know ball yeah. being smacked out of the uh, from deep. Having said well, that, I think we'll, we'll, we'll certainly come on to that in a minute. Maybe not not clearing the ball enough is um is perhaps also where we uh, where we failed. But straight after that um that goal, there was a there was a chance. Peter Crouch got a header on goal. Joe, uh, did you you see that one? And uh, looked like a fingertip from Jules onto the bar and then then back off him. Uh, another Jules wonder save, perhaps. Joe, <laughs> Joe. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Hello. Hello. Are you going to talk to me? But, but we're not. But we're not going to win. In all honesty, you know, Crouch is a good player, and he's being as tall as what he is. We, we shouldn't really be winning headers off him. I mean, there's a you know people trying to apportion blame for the goal, um, but I, I, I can't see. I can't see why. I mean, Moxie's he has got sucked over a little bit, but well, it's just a good finish. You know, yeah, he's, we, he's got he's got a lot of tricks. The thing is about a tall fella, he's got a lot of tricks. He's got very quick feet. You know, scoring goals for fun for England, so he's definitely good enough to play with Stoke, and he's definitely going to be as good, or if not better, than our defenders. Well, so, listen, it, 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 yeah, I mean, obviously, we're talking about we're talking about the the first half and the save that uh, Joel was made, but yeah, um, I mean, on on Peter Crouch, only got I think he didn't even get to double figures with goals last season for Stoke, which was a bit of a surprise. And I think early on he seemed to struggle, and there was a couple of chances that he had against us where. I mean, there was one in that you sort of almost had to stoop to head it, and he kind of headed it backwards from a six-yard box and things like that. I mean, he's he's one of those players, and he? he's always been nowhere near as strong with his head as you kind of imagine. He's better, almost where well, he's better with his feet, which is a bit of a strange player. But um, yeah, okay. Um, hmm. So um, I mean, basically, that 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 first half ended with Palace playing just lovely one-touch football, playing with belief and confidence, and it it was just. I think Moxie had a couple of shots towards the end of the half as well, if I remember rightly. And you know, we, if anything, and I don't, I sort of get your opinion on this, Barney, if I might, may. I felt at the end of that half we were playing with such dominance and such confidence that we actually we didn't we didn't go for go for you know go for that second goal hard, hard enough when we had the dominance. And I think if we had scored another before half time, you look at a completely different game. And no, how do you how do you feel about that as a point? Well, it's um, it's a very good point, and I think you could relate it back to the Spurs game as well. Um, I feel that we've you know we've come out of the blocks really well actually in the first half, a lot better than what we were doing in previous seasons. And like I think this kind of goes back for me as this kind of confidence thing. It's like we're in the Premier League, and I just don't. I get the impression that some of the lads are really up for it, and some of them are just kind of got this sort of feeling of oh, is this where I really belong? Should we be? You know, is this is this the right place for me? Because I don't really feel that they're they're pushing forward. You know, when I'm watching Palace at the moment, I'm getting really frustrated. They're taking it right up to the midfield. They're taking it outside the box, and I think we're putting a huge amount of pressure on this um, young lad Gale to get it in the back of the net. And I just don't feel that we've got that 
that killer instinct which we were so good at last season you know mm. and maybe that's because maybe it's a confidence thing maybe it's maybe it's a change I don't know but you know we should have capitalised on 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 you know our first half performance yesterday mm. um, and yeah, I think we just yeah. I think we sli- I think we just slipped a lack I think we just had a bit of a lack of concentration um, and I'm sure we're going to talk about this later on so I won't talk about it um, sort of now but this whole fitness issue is playing on my mind a little bit. Mm. So, you know, that, I think that, I think that's an interesting area. You know, can we actually, can we see our first half and can we actually come back into the second half as strong as we finished the first half? Yeah. Well, look, Barney, last, last week it was, it was the second half where we were better. I think Ian Holloway was right. To, he, also, he also mentioned fitness, but I think what, what we're looking at is fitness of key players and, when you look at the difference between the team that played against Spurs and the team that played that first half so well against Stoke, the two best, well, two of the best players on the pitch were Chimac and Campania, who have both mm. been injured and not not played an awful lot of football. Uh, weirdly enough, excuse me, uh, both barely played much last season because of injury and uh, and not being in the side. I mean, obviously Chimac was at uh, West Ham and just spent a season out out on the bench. It's just. You know, they've not played a lot of football and I think match fitness wasn't any sort of similar from Jason Punchin, which we'll talk about, you know, great signing, fantastic, fantastic signing for us. But in a first half where everyone was pretty good, he barely touched the ball. I felt, mm. I felt you know, he was involved in a lot of the one touch passing, but he, he really just you didn't really see a lot of him in any, any kind of dangerous area. And, you know, he had one shot in the second half, but in terms of his debuts go, it, it wasn't particularly impressive and wasn't a player that, you know, we saw with Southampton last year. Anyway, look, like you say, we, we got to half time. It was a great half. We were, I felt incredibly proud of what I'd just seen. And, you know, it was, you know, the Palace fans were in fantastic voice. It was just great. It was, you know, really, really happy, happy moment to get to half time one new up. But, um, one of the things that happens when you get to half-time 1-0 up is you've got a difficult team talk if you're Ian Holloway. Because with Mark Hughes, it's, there's no doubt, you know, his team talk is it's not going well enough. We're playing at home. You've got to get out, get out there and do more. You know, you've got to get more bodies forward, blah, blah, blah. And essentially what, he, what I felt he did is I felt he, he used our tactics against us and that was getting the full-backs forward to keep, you know, we, we did that to them first half, second half, the same to us. Uh, I'll very, very quickly go through the last little bits and we'll get to some proper talking points. Um, so, yeah, Stoke Stoke very much started that, that second half on the front foot and uh, we crouched, missed a header under pressure from Chamac very early on in that, in that half, but we just couldn't get position. Um, we're constantly having to play on the break and there was a lot of poor defending and, and Charlie Adam um, was the one who equalised. It was uh, for 1-1. It was, just, again, just couldn't get the ball clear. Um Eventually, falls falls to a Stoke player, restrokes it in, and you think that's that's bad luck because we deserve better than that. And it, it's no more than a couple of minutes later, and pretty much the same thing happens. You know, Ch- uh, Chamac doesn't um, doesn't. <laughs> I just noticed that Alex and Barney arguing. You can do that in a minute on air, lads. Um, yeah. So basically, basically, um, uh, yeah. So so Shawcross gets the same thing: a, a poor clearance, not a particularly good tackle from Chamac, and suddenly the ball is at his feet. Swivels and smashed it went into the corner. And five minutes, five minutes, two major errors in, in, of not clearing the ball. And when you clear a ball, it doesn't have to be up the field. It can just be out of play. You can put it out for a corner. You can put it out for a throw. Just sometimes you just got to take responsibility. And I, it worries me when I see that twice in quick succession because you've got to wonder when you've got a defense central uh, centre back partnership of Gabadon and Delaney, and you, you just think. They're they're not the sort of people who are quiet, are they? They're gonna 
you know, they talk and they organise and they, they, you know, one of them is going to claim that and clear it, but neither did. And it worries me. It worries me to see because you can't switch off in the Premier League. You get punished. Even a, a team like Stoke that are in a transitional period at the moment, they punish you. And I, I think perhaps it's fair to say that, oh, well, we've made some substitutions. We had Chimak and Campagna go off, both of whom looked different in the sec- different players in the second half, looked tired. You know, passes were going astray, and obviously the lack of football caught up with them. Uh, Garvin and Williams came on. Punching, obviously, like I say, went close, um, but he was still pretty quiet. And uh, I mean, we pushed on much more of a threat uh, after, after, but we're, we're chasing the game. And, and I think, you know, the, the, the next best chance was in Zonzi, who, who hit the post. So it's really still, in terms of the danger, it was all Stoke. Uh, Phillips came on for punching a little bit later on. Uh, we tried to take a few risks, try to get something. Uh, I think Gale had a great volley uh, wide. It was a KG, I think, long pass into, into the right edge of the area. And he just, you know, great technique to volley it from that angle. But and unfortunately, nowhere near going in the net. But um, but good intent. And we'll, Did anyone we'll else about... shout, Van Basten? When that happened? <laughs> was that just me? <laughs> Probably just you, mate. But um, <laughs> it, you. It, was, it was a similar angle, wasn't it? And I'll yeah. tell you, if it, go, if it goes in, it's a fantastic debut goal. But. It didn't, and we're, we're left with a situation where a lot of people questioning him. Um, quite late on, Williams was uh, was fouled right on the edge of the area. I say it was a foul; he did bite it a little bit, but you know that's what he's like. You know, with Johnny, he, he likes to knock the ball to one side and go over a trailing leg. Um, you know, it's a perfectly acceptable technique. Um, but you sort of got this free kick in a dangerous area. You've got Kevin Phillips over it, Garvin over it, and Jednak, and you just think, well, I know what's going to happen here. Phillips has got his foot on it. So he's going to roll it to one side. The wall's going to charge out, and Jednak's going to smack it into the wall. And sure enough, that's what happens. It's I've never really understood that. I've got anyone, anyone tell me what the point? If you're going to have a direct shot or goal, can anyone tell me what the point of rolling it to one side to let the wall get closer is? Because you've got pace on the ball or a bit of movement on the ball. It's easy yeah, to strike, yeah. I guess. But still, like, well, I don't fancy any of those actually taking a set piece. To be fair, other than Garvin. Mm. And then yeah, he ran away it was, from it. It, it was Jed, the wrong, perhaps the wrong angle for Garvin. But go on, go on, yeah. Joe. Well, Jed next captain, and he's just said, mm. "Roll it, and I'm going to smack it." He's captain. You don't mm. listen to your captain, you're going to get a clump, or you're going to get. A, he's going to have words with you. So he's obviously said, "Roll it sideways." I'm going to smack it. If he'd have gone in the bottom corner, like he did last, you know, when he when he hit that curler against Millwall, we'd have all been screaming hurrah. But because he yeah, hit the wall, I just don't, I just don't get it when there's a wall. I, 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 I like, know what I you're like, saying. Mm. I'd, I'd rather, I'd rather you got, you got a, you got a fancy carvin anywhere, anywhere around your area. You got a fancy carvin, surely. Well, but yeah, I it, it's a, like I said, I can understand Garvin not taking it because of the angle. I think it didn't really favour the left footer, but, but it's just for me. I think just have, if you're going to hit it, if Jednak can hit a dead ball, I mean, I know, I know, giving it a bit of movement, maybe shifting the angle, you can get it. But ultimately, if you're going to drill that ball. You, you're better off drilling it with a bit of distance, aren't you? Not. Yeah, have you seen him take get, a free kick though? Yeah, I have, yeah. They go in the stand. That's why. Yeah. So when it's his head over the ball, doesn't he, for those? You needed Dobby there, really, didn't you? Yeah, I think, yeah, I think ideally. But again, it's one of those, it was perhaps a little bit close in to get it up and over a wall. So I can It's a bit I can understand about it. But I think basically, in most of the time, I've, I could probably only remember Michael Hughes scoring from a free kick that was rolled to him and drilled. It's probably the only player I can ever remember getting in, getting one goal from that technique. It's maybe, maybe, maybe my brain is playing tricks on me, and some listeners can tell me otherwise. But um, well, I just, I just hate to see it. I just hate seeing that technique. But we're, but we're picking one. We're picking just sort of one. You know, we're three poor moments really in the whole game. A free yeah, kick yeah. and then conceded two goals. You know, in a whole ninety minutes, really. You know, it's, yeah. 
and, and we got bullied, completely mm. bullied, because there was some, mm. not say rash, there was some strong, strong tackles out there from the Stoke players. But then you know what you, when you're up against Stoke, you know what you're coming up against, against people like Shawcross mm. and that. I mean, you know, for the goal, Shamak shrugged him off, then he dipped his shoulder, cut inside, and put that ex Chelsea on his ass, you know, and, it's, and, yeah. put, and, and it, it, in, a, in a corner, you know, we're thinking it, it's happy days. So they can be, they can be found out. You know, it's just um, we just need to, you know, we just need to have a little bit, a little bit more experience and have a few games. I think we'll find our feet. You know. Oh yeah, listen, I, I, I'm, I mean, obviously we're, we're we're going through the game, going for the instance, brought that instant up because perhaps it was essentially our last chance to get to get a goal in that game. We just didn't create anything after that. Uh, but I'm not, I'm not down on the performance. Not, not down on the on the individual players at all, and or, or the team. I think it was. I still think it was a step forward. I don't think the result. Was a step forward. I think the result was a was a poor result in the circumstances, but I think the performance and performances do matter. I mean, I know it's a, it's a results business, but if, if you're going out and you're losing, and believe me, a lot there's a lot of people out there who were suspecting we'd be beaten three or four by by all the teams at the moment, you know. And we've actually started the season. We played Tottenham at home and we played Stoke away. It's two very tough games. They're all tough games, but particularly tough. Uh, to start that way, and um, and we deserve something out of both games. So I don't think there's any sense in, in getting, you know, too upset about it. But you know, we're we're here to sort of bring a bit of analysis. And I thought I thought when you're in, you know, we've just seen ourselves punished for two defensive errors, and when you're giving an opportunity very late on in the game for to get a strike in a goal and you waste it, I think it's criminal at Premier League level to do that. And I think those are the things. I don't know. To me, it, it just takes five. You know, just just a little thought from them like you know what we actually doing here and I don't, I don't know I don't know what to say really I can understand that it's easy with hindsight to criticise like you say Joe we could drill it and it goes straight in that bottom corner and you know I'd never have even mentioned it I'd be thinking next time I see Jedi I'll, I'll, I'll tell him what you said <laughs> yeah right. can, can you tell, yeah. Him to, tell him to ring up and he can tell you where to go <laughs> all I say is I hate the second I see anyone with their foot on the ball about to roll it from a, from a direct free kick I just, just I don't even bother watching it's just not worth it it's like, it's like it works for other teams don't get me wrong it's like short corners I love short corners for other teams because they always work but for us see us take a short corner I just have a little sit down and asleep for a bit because it's not going to do it <laughs> I mean, which is, it's just one of those things where it's, it's one of those it's like you can we like Palace always do that. Like Palace have a certain type of player that they produce. If you like, we very rarely, you know, produce uh, centre backs or out and out um, centre forwards and stuff like that. But we're always we're good at producing wingers and things. It's like they're just Palace traits. And for me, it's a Palace trait not to be able to take a short corner and also not to be able to defend one. So there we go. Anyway, I'll stop ranting. I've, I've you know, I think maybe. Um, can we can we let our girls have a fight about Moxie? Yeah, we they, can. Yeah, because what they're doing, what 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 people don't, I don't know if people know how to set up at this show is we we do this via Skype, and what we've got is a little box where we can basically talk to each other if we want to come in and say, and then Chris directs it all, and then and for the last five nearly ten minutes, <laughs> Barney and Alex have been slaughtering each other to the point where shut the f up, good call, you mup it, um, and they're coating each other off. So I reckon uh, Barney, Barney hates him. Can I just say it's like the, the 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 way they're insulting each other. It's been like watching a text episode of the Sweeney. <laughs> you slay, no, you slay. But um, <laughs> but listen, I, I want to bring us into this, right? Right. I mean, we've we've talked we've talked about the game. We've talked about performance. We've talked about a few individuals. 
uh, and there's been a lot of mention, but I want to get into specifics now with Dean Moxie. Now, I'm going to start by saying on Twitter after the game, Dean took, Dino took some abuse, um, which I think is, I think we hope we're all agreed is unacceptable. So hopefully, no one's going to be doing that when they start talking in a minute, you two. No one will be abusing the player. Uh, <laughs> no, no, it's, it's embarrassing. No. Yeah, okay, but, but, no, Joe. No, go on then, Joe. No, I just, I'm just saying. I, I just, it's unjust. Firstly, we're two games in, and secondly, mm. he has, he wears his heart on his sleeve. He plays, he plays for our club. He's not a player that plays for the money. You know, he, he, he does, he, he does as good as as he can do. I, also, on that point, Joe, I just want to make my own view clear before I let these two argue it out. Um, I am, um, I'm someone who was really concerned that in the left-back position. And even with par fit, I think both Dean Moxie and, and Johnny Parr, I had question marks over how they would perform at this level, right? I, I'll say that you know now completely honestly. And Moxie, for me, in, against Tottenham and against um, Stoke, has probably been the... You put the two performances together, has probably been the best player. Absolutely. I, I, I've been absolutely shocked at him going forward. Going forward, he's just offered a fantastic option. His crossing maybe wasn't great, but then again, what's he got to cross to? It's not, we don't get a lot in the box at the moment, and that, you know that's, that's another problem altogether. But I think, I think he's just played that role, which it's a lot of responsibility because we're, not playing, we're playing a very, very narrow with the three up, three up top, basically. They're not orthodox wingers, and people forget that. They've got licence to, to roam across that front area, and I think to basically defend against two players and to be responsible for the, the attacking width it's, it puts a lot of pressure on both Ward and Moxie in that system. So I'd be interested to hear from... We'll start with Barney because he's presenting the opposing view to that and Alex can give the rebuttal. Barney? Well, I think first of all, yeah, you're right. All this stuff that's on Twitter last night is, is totally you know stupidity. And what I think... The point what I'm trying to make is, is look, Moxie's a, a is a good player. There's you know, but in a certain league, and I don't think he's going to be the guy that's going to cut it in the Premier League. Yeah, he has a good couple of spells, mm. but he's not consistent enough. And I'm sorry, but that left side is getting drilled, absolutely drilled. And he does a couple of good things, and you know, that's fine, that's great. But hang on a minute, we're in the big league now. All right, we've said previously earlier on in the show. You know, if you if you blip for one moment, you're going to get punished. And I see him as that little leak within the whole back line. And even against Spurs, constantly he was getting covered by the by the two centre halves. And, and you know, even by the midfield, he was getting covered. And look, he's a good player for the championship. But look, you know, we're in the Premier League now. You know, Sellers Park was all right last year, but it wasn't quite good enough. We need to step it up a game. And Moxie. I feel needs to step it up again. Maybe I'm being a bit harsh. Okay, it is two games yeah. in, but last yeah, year we were, we were slating him on here a little bit. You know, we weren't. I don't think we were Moxie's biggest fans on this program last year. We're, we're everyone's fans. No, look, I I, I think, think he's a good though, Chris. Look, he's yeah. a good player. I just think maybe he just, I don't. Know, maybe it's a confidence thing. I don't know, but he just doesn't seem sure enough on that listen, left side for me. I look. I you know. I do think. Um, I think a player, any player is is perfectly up for any sort of criticism. But I'm just not seeing why it is. Personally, I, I just don't understand where this is coming from. What what specifics is coming from? Alex, your your point of view, please. Uh, I'd just like to say I wasn't Mox's biggest fan last year. I'll give you that straight out. But now I just want to say, Barney, did you go to the Spurs game? 
Yeah. Did you see Aaron Lennon playing? Because I only saw him in, in Moxie's back pocket. Yeah, but Aaron, I saw Jed Aaron Lennon come back and covering him all the time. Jed yeah, was but, covering. That was nothing to do with Moxie that game. Spurs, Jed absolutely was covering Moxie all the time. All the playing, time. Who was playing left wing that game? Well, who, I was, who was Who was covering for Moxie when he Born had now. Kyle Walker and Aaron Lennon sprinting at him? You saw him showboat on Soccer AM. Dean Moxie, <laughs> nutmeg. Go on now. Nutmeg. You're talking about England, one thing. You're England's talking about one little thing. I'm one. talking about 90 England's minutes here. Number one, right. I'm talking yeah, about, about a consistency about the whole game, Alex. We need yeah, consistency. Yeah, Fantastic. Moxie can do these lovely little tricks and whatnot. He has a couple of really nice little parts throughout the game. Look, I'm not mocking the player. I'm just saying he's Moxie. That, that, you know, he's just, I don't think he's consistent enough. Right. Okay. Thank you. Get room. Alex, you didn't, obviously, you got shouted over quite a lot. Um, <laughs> trying to make a point there. <laughs> well, sorry, Alex, um, you have your point. Uh, no, I, no, I think, well, listen, I don't, I don't dwell too much longer on this. It's, because, you know, we missed 10 minutes of the show to not making any sort of sounds to people. So we're running a little bit behind. But um, just to pick up on uh, Football Promos has tweeted in saying, um, why does Moxie do so many slide tackles? Uh, best defenders stay on their feet. And I think that's a, that's an interesting point. I mean, Moxie does go to ground a fair bit. And uh, do you know what? I, I take I take into account something that Barney said about the attacks coming down on the left side. That was a feature against Spurs um, but as you pointed out Alex not many actually were successful um, unfortunately the, when they are success, successful you do notice it and this is something I'm going to say as well I think both sides of the pitch um, we do we do let too many crosses come in uh, yeah. we're, we're susceptible to crosses I, I feel uh, just uh, you know Jules isn't he can catch he'll catch the come and catch the ball but he isn't the sort of keeper that comes out and dominates, you know, the penalty area, but you know, with catching high. So I do think we are susceptible to crosses, and I do think that that's obviously the fullback has a role in stopping those. But our system asks different things of the fullback. It's not an orthodox fullback position, and I think basically quite often either Dean Moxie or Joel Ward is trying to mark two players and that's a very, very difficult skill and they've done all right this season so far and they've more than offered the, the attacking threat as well. Joel? Oh, the, the Spurs, <laughs> when, when Spurs attack, they have predominantly over the last few years have been their, their best attacking option is down the right-hand side where all their pieces. So to, to pick Moxie out again for the Spurs to say it was you know he he, he got ripped to shit down down his wing that's completely unfair that is completely unfair when, when he come what are going to do come up against the best winger in the world no but what I'm saying is but people but people are ruining Moxie right for oh man what the flying fuck. All right. Hello. Are we all back? What's going on? I don't know. <laughs> Mike, are we live? Hello. Um, right. I think we've got people. We're back Back live. Oh, it's going really well today. Uh, Moxie overload. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, I think uh, the, Dino might have been hacking away at Mikey's internet there. But um, but we're back anyway. Look, I think we'll, uh, we'll draw a line, line under the, the Dean Moxie argument for a second there. And just say, um, I think most of us are sort of uh, agree that um, 
Well, there's a point to debate there, but I, th I think it's personally, I think it's, a, uh, it's the system that we're talking about here. I think it puts different demands on fullbacks than maybe people appreciate. Uh, but certainly, I think after two games, after two incredibly promising performances, I don't see the sense in picking out individuals. And more to the point, I can't honestly say that that Moxie is one deserving of that. Um, obviously, Barney has his view, and Alex has his view, and Joe has his view, and, and that's the way it should be. But um, but talking of people being picked out and uh, and discussed, as our record signing Dwight Gale is going to get a lot of attention, probably from the fans more than more than the media. Uh, and and a difficult uh, first game against uh, against Spurs when he was played slightly out of position. Um, I think we've got. Um, Kind of, kind of got two sort of opposing point of views again. I suppose, really, there's people like myself who who think that he's showing a lot of promise, but we're going to have to be very patient. Um, I don't think he's had a any, anywhere near an outstanding sort of game in any way in either game, but but I think he's shown what he's what he's got, which is you know good pace, good strength, a good touch, and a de and a desire to get a shot away at goal. So nothing nothing major yet has happened. Um, to sort of talk about in terms, but we, we talked about that volley earlier on. But there are those who are writing them off after two games. Uh, Alex, if I start with you, um, first of all, what's the been, what was the general consensus at the, at the Stoke game of how Gale was playing? Yeah, I think I think a lot of people enjoyed his performance. The fact that who remembers Wilfred Zahar when he first came on the scene? How many misplaced passes and and whatever did he create? But when he's on the ball, he looks dangerous. He always looks like he can create something or he can come up with a goal. Dwight Gale's been playing left wing against Spurs. He played centre midfield. That's not his position. He's a centre forward. I think if he can if he can get in those if he gets the chance to get in those positions, I think him and Shamak there might be something to build on there because Shamak brings the ball down nicely, but. There's definitely something about Dwight Gale for me. I think he's got so much confidence, and I think he's just waiting for that goal to come. And I think I think he really do think he can get a few this year. Yeah, I, I mean, I hope so. I think that first goal is all important. Um, unfortunately, I, I think it might be a while coming because he's not really getting anything clear cut. He's having to shoot from angles because you know he's used to sort of like finding his own space and playing centrally and coming yeah. from out wide. He's not really getting a, a, a direct effort on goal. I think. Um, uh, Joe, I mean, well, you've you've always got an interesting point of view of things. Can you see any points to these, to the sort of negative side of it? Is there anything that worries you about maybe the, about the signing, about the money we've spent, whether it'll be worth it or not? What, after two games? Well, yeah, exactly. With two games, I mean, listen. I, I was just before we all got cut off. I was just, I was just. A, this is what we got to be up. What we're up against, right? Is that, like I said, two to three million pound. Most of our players were worth. I would have thought Jednet may be a little bit more um, coming up from the championship. We're still playing with three quarters of that squad, right? When we come up against our Spurs and they've got 150 million on the pitch, that, that, that they've built a squad over years. They've, they've, they've had right backs in. He ain't much good. We'll get someone else in. They can afford to go and spend 20 million, 25 million on the forward, you know? And the, the, the thing is, we haven't got that kind of money. We've been that, down that road twice. Right, with the thrown money at it and failed dismally. Now, and and the other thing as well is behind the scenes, not just on the pitch, but behind the scenes, the club has suffered. It, that we have to look at the whole picture. And the thing is, for years and years, Palace people that have been following Palace for years have never been told the whole picture. Ready to pop the question. 
The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Yeah. We've had, we've with Steve Parrish being the voice of, of the four, right? He tells us at the picture. He comes on our show and he meets us face to face in a pub and he tells mm. us the truth about what's going on, about the whole picture, about the training ground, about the about the club, about the, about the stands, about the boxes, about the pitch, about the cables, about and he tells us do you remember he said, we said, How much is that gonna cost in? And he said, Well we got a, it's just over a million pounds. We had to pay a mm. million pounds, right? To have that to have um the goal line technology put in. Now, now they haven't paid for it. We, our club, have paid for it. Now, if we yeah. didn't have to pay for that, right? Then that's another million pound on a player, or another another twenty thousand pound a week in wages to someone else. But um, the fact is, we've had to pay out so much in this first year, millions and millions. Next, year, if we survive, we've got those millions to spend on players because the whole that the, you know we can focus our money on the team, yeah. as well as a bit more money for the grounds. This just makes me sick. I, yeah, I know, mate. Listen, I, I, to be honest, you've, you've hit the nail on the head about how I'm, I'm feeling at the moment as well. It's, you know, obviously you put it in very strong terms, but I, I can't help but, but agree because it, I think, I mean, first of all, Ian always mentioned it enough times to know that it's been a problem um, in that we, we've started, because we've got up through the playoffs, we're a couple of weeks behind the other two that went up. Uh, if you think about when the Premier League season ended, we're, we're behind all of those people, those people as well because they all knew where they were playing us we, we didn't know where we were playing for quite some time there's a limited amount of work don't get me wrong I know work was done but long before we knew which division we were going to be in lists were drawn up depending on what division we were going to be, be in and, and, all sort, and all sorts of ideas and things were floated and talked about but you can't do anything decisive until you know what division you're in but, and the difference between the Premier League and the Championship is just too extreme to, to really do anything that can, can mm. sort of fit for both uh, but the bigger point that, that Joe's talking about, the off-field stuff, I think it's been it's probably taken everyone by surprise just how much there was to do. And I, and I you know, I got told a few things on, on the, at the Spurs game about the things that weren't done on time that, that hopefully will be done by the by the Sunderland game. And it's it's just amazing to what they've had to do. And you know, there'll be problems. There'll be teething problems with the new systems and all that sort of stuff. It's a lot of money, and everyone reads about how much money it is in the paper. Yeah, it's great. It's a, huge sum of money but you know what it's and any it'll be so easy to spend it as well because there's so many people who are willing to take it off you telling you that their player is the guy that's that's going to make the difference to you that you know what was it steve parry said when we when we saw him in the uh the port manor a thousand players or something like that yeah he had, they had a list and it's you think how the hell can anyone filter through a thousand players i saw quite a good thing on um I think it was on the BBS about the system that clubs are using for scouting these days. It's like an online system that they all they all register on, and it's it's just it's yeah, fascinating. Football manager, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it pretty much is. <laughs> Funnily enough, there's people who have done the ratings in Football Manager have gone on to be professional scouts. It really does make me laugh that people 
people do write it, write it off and talk, talk about it as a, as, as a joke, but some of the people who, who research that game know an awful lot about football. So, uh, Joe, you wanted to make a quick point there. Well, Steve Parrish used an analogy when we were in the Port Manor that just at the end of the season, um, a, a racing analogy, and he said that the, the championship is like racing Renault Clios and the premiership is Formula One. That's the mm. difference between the two. You see, that's, that's, that's an easy al- analogy to make. Mm. And you can, you can understand. And this is the thing. It's like you say, we, we, when, we, when we take our little team or you know, our little £20 million team up to Old Trafford, and there's 78,000 people in there, in a £600 million stadium because it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger for their capacity, you know, <laughs> we, are, we are just we're 20 years behind them. 20, 30 mm. years behind Man United. You know, well, well, that team that they turn around and say, oh, you never win anything with kids. If that team, if they had that team now, they'd murder us. You know, mm. but they've, they're, we're, we're 20 years on. They've all finished, well, most of them, apart from gigs, finished their careers now. But, but you know, we, what I'm saying is, it take, you know, that, that 1990 final, had we beaten Man United, right? None of, that, if none of this Man United thing would have ever happened because Ferguson would have got sacked. But, so, yeah. but but what I'm saying is, it's taken Man United all that money, and 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 the and they they, they expand their club. You know, it's it just we we got this stop this mentality of coating everyone when things immediately go wrong, and we haven't got mm. hundred million quid. We might have been given hundred million, whatever that hundred million pound game meant. But but the thing is, we haven't got hundred million pounds to spend. We've got no. to spend it on other stuff. And if it all goes yeah, this, up, uh, uh, yeah, look, you've, you're absolutely right. Like you said, Steve Harris talked about it at least before on a couple of occasions and said the problem, the major problem when they came in and took the club over is that the only thing that, you, you know, you can think we say we like about Simon Jordan, but he did spend money because, you know, we got into the position we got into. But what he spent the money on was the team. It was always the team. And, and no attention had been paid at all to, to the ground, the, you know, the infrastructure around it. Uh, I think Ian Holloway re- referred to his office as a dungeon when he when he joined, and he was uh, he was sort of laughing and joking with the press that that finally his um, his little dungeon had changed. It's you know it's got nice wooden flooring and he's got a few fridges in there. And for once, he wasn't ashamed to just take the opposition manager into his office for a chat after a game. And he, people might laugh that, or people might even look at it and say, "Oh, what you know, what are we wasting money on that for?" But it makes a difference. It makes a huge difference to the mentality of, of people working there. It will change the manager's mentality, make him feel more positive and more professional about the fact that he's a Premier League manager and he's actually got you know, a decent surrounding. He's not embarrassed about where he's working and things like that. You've got to change attitudes and you've got, and that, and that goes for fans as well. There are a degree of supporters that, I mean, let's face it, we had near enough 10,000 people in the ground against Tottenham who weren't there last season. And a fair percentage of those people are only there because it's Premier League football. And they're not going to, they're not going to be tolerant. They're not going to be the sort of people who are reasonable. They, Half of them probably don't even know a thing about the players that they're watching. I mean, you genuinely, if you, if you sort of sit and listen, you know, there's people who haven't who, who haven't been there for so long. You can sit, you tell by the shirts that they're wearing. You know, this, they've got their uh, tulip computer shirts on, and they're well, the kabuchis <laughs> have come back in fashion. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's. I'm not, I, I, to be honest, I'm not. It's. Uh, you know, to a point, it sounds like I'm slagging those people off. I'm not really. No, I'm just saying. I'm not, well, I know, you, I know you are, but I'm saying in my point of view that they're the people who you've got to get their, you've got to get their passion back for, for following Palace. Um, and it won't happen with them all is what I'm saying. It, it won't, or some of them just won't be around long enough and won't be able to tolerate the fact 
that ultimately we're going to lose more than we're going to win at the moment. And I don't know. I think we've got to change the mentality of those people. But let's not get caught up in it. You see, all this negativity that we're talking about and all these people moaning at individual players, they are a minority. They don't feel like it on social media and they don't feel like it on the message boards because they're the ones with the loud voices. They're the ones that are dissenting and make... Because the people who are satisfied or the people who are enjoying themselves being a Premier League club and having a laugh and a drink with the mates, they're not really... They're not on message boards directly after a game because they're still travelling home or they're still up the pub having a joke and a laugh with their friends, you know. And they're not the ones on Twitter because why would they be? (laughs) They've got nothing... You know, drowning your sorrows. Exactly. It's not. It's just not. What happened. It's not real. It's none of that's real. I don't think. You just kind of. It's easy to get caught up in it, and you think, "Oh, why is everyone moaning?" We're not. It's not everyone moaning. It's the usual people that are moaning. It's the other um, thing, Chris. It's, it's it's hard. It's hard. It's not. It's hard to get caught up in it. It's. Not, I mean, it's. But the thing is, you trying to. You get caught up in it because you want to defend the team. I want yeah, to defend Moxie. Moxie's playing out of his skin. But if he. If he's playing out of his skin and it really, really isn't good enough, right, after 20 games, well, I mean, after 10 games, I think you'll see Parr come in. And then after that, if it all, you know, I just, I just, I don't, I just don't get it. But I can't sit by and let people coat our players and coat our team because they yeah. go out there. We will be one of the most honest teams out there. And when I mean that, I mean by honest, by endeavour and going out there and playing yeah. for the badge and not for the bank. Yeah, no, it's not. I was talking to a mate of mine last night about it, and we were, saying, we were just sort of laughing about about a few people and things that they were saying about about the, after the game, and we're just thinking, come on, we didn't, we none of, none of us thought last season that we were going to get promoted until you know. Especially you talked to you, if you talked to me after the Bristol, Bristol City game last year, you know, you'd have barely got a sentence in, in any way positive from me about our chances of going up. I'd have laughed in your face, and well, we're there now, right? We we are there, and. I just think that as much as I want to defend, I've cut, we were just talking about it and I was just saying, look, I'm just, I am going to enjoy it. It doesn't mean we can't be ambitious and we can't want to win football matches and we can't want the team to get better players and we can't you know, get disappointed after results. Of course, we can do all of those things, but it doesn't mean you don't... Why do, why do it if you can't enjoy it, you know? Alex? I just want to say, look, start of last season, we lost three games in a row because we were unprepared. And it seems the same thing, well, two games in a row this time. It doesn't mean that the season's over because of two games. We just need to stick with it and we need to believe in everybody because a large proportion, our team, is built on team spirit. And that, will get, that, will, that, will keep, that, might, that won't keep you up. No, I'm not saying that, but a large proportion of us staying up is going to be down to team spirit. And a lot of that's going to come from us as the fans and sticking behind these players. There's 38 games this year. We've done two. You know, yeah. we lost three games at the start of last season and still got promoted and were first for a bit of it. So it just suggests, yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying we're going to win the league. I'm, I'm just saying it's possible we can stay up. It's not over. Um, Barney? Yeah, I just wanted to come in. I, th- I, I think you summed it up really nicely there, Chris. You know, let's not get, let's, let's not get down about this. We're doing so well. You know, you, I was really, I was so proud of Celeste, the first game of the season. Um you know, I just I just thought the stadium looked fantastic, and I'd been out on a night out before, um, on the Saturday night, and I got the train back, and I only live about ten minutes away from the ground, and they were mm. still working until two or three o'clock in the morning, Sunday morning, yeah. which you know that they're, they're well up for this, and you know I turned up to this ground, and it, it looked fantastic. Everybody seemed to be in a great mood, and the atmosphere. You know, my friends said it could, you know, the Sky commentators they couldn't even hear them because the atmosphere was that good in Sellers. Yep. Um, 
And you know, these are these are such <laughs> unique things. And I think you know what, we're we're okay to come on and you know we can have our laugh about certain players and whatnot, and you know, we can have disagreements and we can question because I think that's what we should do. You know, we're we're fans. Mm-hmm. We're we're as fans. We pay our money for our season ticket. We can have, we can question and have a laugh about it. But sure as hell. You're right. We've got to be 110 percent behind this team. We're not going to win the league. We're going to struggle. But you know what? We, we've got a bit. We're going. To, we we can stay up in this league, and we just got to believe that we can. We've got to start yeah. going that, for that, it now. Yeah, it goes. That's that's the team, and that's a certain section of the support as well. Have got to believe it, and have got to, you know, understand their role in it. Ian Holloway, no, it said the same thing after the the Spurs game. He said. He talked about how much the, the fans made a difference. And, we, and, you know, the fans really did. And for me, the telling point, I'm sure Alex will say the same thing about this, the away support up at Stoke was was fantastic. I mean, that was loud and clear on, on the stream I was watching. And I imagine it was pretty impressive at the ground, Alex. Yeah, and going back to the Spurs game, we, we sang the players off to We Love You. We, yeah. We, we, we sing it's that sad. when we score. And that's yeah. everything yeah. about us. We, do you know... You know a lot of clubs that wouldn't mean a lot to, but those players walking off there with us singing "We Love mm. You" to them that meant a lot because those boys yeah. are playing for us. And Holloway says every week is they don't realise how much they actually mean. And at Stoke, yeah. first half we got a little bit comfortable and the fans were singing and they're going, "Yeah, we can do this. We really, mm. really can do this." And two sloppy mistakes because a lack of concentration, but we we kept singing and we nearly got back in the game because yeah. we're a large part of this we can't get bogged down on results because if we get bogged down they're going to get bogged down <laughs> yeah. and but, if we start yeah, singing but, if we overperform they'll overperform my point the point the point I'm really getting to is well you know, you're absolutely right in what you say Alex but but for me the point is even more relevant that all this all this negativity on on social media you know and on the message boards all of that negativity it just doesn't translate to the people who are at the game no. It's, it's easy to get you get carried away. And you think, oh, why are the fans being so negative? The people who are at the game are not. There's moaners in the ground. Don't get me wrong, but they're drowned out by all of the people who are there supporting the team. And you know what? Sometimes at the end of the game, even the most supportive of people will have a bit of a moan when they're frustrated. But yeah. th- during the during the game, they're a hundred percent behind the team, and yeah. that's not going to change. That's not going to change this season. I think even if even if we're still bottom on zero points at Christmas, I don't think that'll be any different. No. I think the thing know, is with Twitter though, you can get straight to the players, and that's what bothered me yeah. that somebody would actually go out their way to go and abuse Dean Moxie. I, just it's quite embarrassing for me. Well, really. I'm, you... unfortunately, then what they're going to have to do is what the demo and the boys did last year. He's come off it. Yeah. I mean, as much as you don't, you know, eventually you're going to buy it. You're going to get so much shit. You are going to buy it. And then what happens is they t- when they don't get a buy it, they turn it personal. Like they turn it personal mm-hmm. against Steve Parrish. And then they turned it personal against Dean Moxie's wife last year. You know, yeah, it's yeah. just, you can't, you can't escape it. You've got to come away from it. I, I do understand, you know, as much as you go, well, it's, it's social media. I'm a person. When I'm out, when I'm not playing football, I want to be on it. But you know, to take some of the tirade of abuse that he got last year and then for it to start after two games already, the whiners and the moaning about him, it's just unjust. And, you know, some of us have to stand up and just stand up against these people. It's just... Mm, Bon? uh, Yeah. Barney, you got a quick point? Yeah, just a quick one. Just want to say, Joe, I think think you're dead right. I mean, I think there's got to be a bit of management here from from the people above here. You know, when I grew up, um, they always used to say, you know, players never used to get the papers into the training ground to read the back the back pages it, you know it might just be a case where you know someone needs to look look after these young lads to remember some, most of them are still in their 20s and just say look just pull back from this because 
what we don't need is the confidence being broken in that squad. We need some of the older players coming in saying, just forget about it, turn your phones off, get to the training ground, put the put the effort in, and let's yeah. let's go have a good game on Saturday. Well, I think I think with with people do forget there are positives to to to, the, to Twitter as well because there are a lot of, there is a damn sight more people who go and tell the players you know you had a great game don't don't let it get you down all that sort of stuff. I'm sure a lot of the players will tell you that that they get a lot of comfort from it as well. So I think it'd be a shame if people just... But you have to be a certain type of person. I mean, I I know from... Even from doing this, um, every now and then we'll get someone send a shitty email to us or someone will make a little comment or something like that. And you know it, even though, you know, I'm quite thick-skinned, as you you know. As you know. I've seen the boys round. Yeah. (laughs) I I just genuinely don't care what people say. But, like, but ultimately... Even I'll admit that even that one little negative, the one little negative point, especially if especially if you slightly agree with them, <laughs> which is what happens to me sometimes, just like oh that was a load of rubbish. I think yeah, right, it was. And then um, like it just stays with you a little bit. And I don't know, as a supporter, I would I would personally be really worried about that if I wanted to. But I don't. I'm not the sort of person who would ever make an individual point to an individual player and say you were doing that because what do I know? I'm just a person who watches football. You know, like <laughs> I don't see what right I've got to go and tell tell someone, oh, you ain't playing for the shirt or whatever. Because you know, it doesn't take a bright person to understand the dedication that those people have to have made to actually get to the point where they're playing professional football, let alone at this level, and let alone be that successful. Their own personal pride in what they do, you know, would would mean that there's, there's never a case where they're not trying. We're well, not never. I suppose you can never say never, but. Genuinely, people sometimes have an off day, and I think it's completely outrageous to then go and seek that person out and then tell them it, especially if they don't know you. You don't go and do that. You don't go to someone you don't know and say, oh, you're rubbish. It just doesn't make any sense to me. It's just completely alien. But but like I say, it happens. And what, you, what you've got, and got to be able to do these days is, is just to not care. Uh, Gel. Oh, just uh, on a social media positive, um, since uh, we've been talking about it for the last 15, um, <laughs> Yannick, Yannick tweeted, um, I can't remember if it was yesterday or today, I've been on it so much, uh, he said, it, uh, not long before I'm back, which is, you know, it's good news. Um, mm, I, think we've, yeah. I, think we, I think we've missed him. I really do. You know, he, um, he had some fantastic games last year. I know he bounced off of Will for a lot, but... You know, I, I think it, he's a huge bonus to have to have back in the side. You know, he's a huge attacking option. Um, so, good good news. Just a, that's a positive. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, mate. Absolutely. Um, uh, right. Okay. Listen, we've um, we've gone on a bit longer than intended. The reason for that was the uh, deathly silence at the start of the show, apart from some typing noises. Apparently, me being heard in the background, which I think was possibly through someone's speakers. Who knows? But ultimately. Um, we're uh, we're now at the point where we're going to look take a look ahead. We've we've sort of given our review and general points on the uh, on the game. I just want to um, talk to a little little bit about the four word reviews that we got in um, and something that we didn't discuss uh, just before we get onto the previews. Um, Dave Carr, mate, on Twitter said shit refs cost points. Uh, there was a lot there was a lot of talk about the referee. Um, I have to say, until I went on Homesdale after the game. I hadn't really given the referee a second thought. Obviously, he'd missed the penalty earlier on Ward, but I didn't really notice much else. But I think there was a very different opinion from at the game, Alex. Yeah, yeah. He um, he got booed off big time. I think I think from our perspective, it was um, 
50-50s. Any little, I like Johnny Williams a couple of times. And from, from you know, you see something very differently when you're sitting in that away end where you do on the, on the TV. I've watched, I've rewatched the match, and and I would probably say maybe I was a little bit harsh to boom off, but it was a, it was a clear penalty. How he missed that, and a couple of other little niggles here and there, but it wasn't it wasn't disastrous. Okay. Cheers, mate. The, the nice um, thing to boo off was Mark Hughes as well, though, because he <laughs> he started giving it to us. So, oh really? Yeah. God, I hate that man. He, he was um, aiming aiming a lot of stuff towards us, so it's fun uh, fun winding up Sparky. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely got it coming. Um, there's a few in the uh, we've we've talked about this, but in a similar vein, so I'll pick a, a couple out. There was uh, Gary T one two three says fantastic start, poor finish. Uh, ben Angel says shouldn't have switched off. Jay Harding says, unfortunate defending, otherwise promising. And in a similar vein, Stuart uh, Shave, who is uh, a, one of our new presenters, will be on, be on this season, who you'll hear plenty from. He said, uh, more positives than negatives. So the general consensus was that, you know, it was a spell where we switched off, but it was all very encouraging and, and promising. There's not too many people who were just who were slagging the team off at all. And I think that kind of emphasises the point we were making about Twitter and about the message boards, in that generally people, people are either blaming the ref or... Was essentially pointing out um, that that we actually did have a good game, but for but for the errors, and we we have got to cut those errors out. There's no there's no denying that, and there's no point. As much as we're we're saying we've got to enjoy it, there's no point in in just being there for the sake of being there. We've got to give the Premiership a real go. And, and to emphasise that, the last one I pick out was uh, Andrew Greasby on Facebook, who said um, harsh reality of Premiership. And I think that that kind of sums up our first two games. Is that We've shown we can compete at this level, but there's there's just a little there's another little level to go up between com- there's not competing, which is something we feared, and unfortunately that's and sorry, and fortunately that has not happened. So, but there's just that little level where you just tighten up that little bit and you just keep that concentration a little bit more, uh, and I don't think we're too far away from it. So there we go, Bristol City time. Let's talk about that. It's um. Just really, really quick, guys. I'll take you through uh, what's happened to Bristol City so far this season. Uh, obviously, they've played a few more games than, than the Premier League, so they've got four, four league games they've played. They've only picked up two points from two, two, two draws. In the first day of the season, they drew two all with Bradford, and uh, in their last game some, uh, yesterday, they drew 2-2 with MK Dons, where Jason Banton is on loan. Other than that, they've uh, lost to Wolves. They've lost to Coventry in a ridiculous game that ended 5-4 to Coventry. Um, and in the League Cup, they got their only win of the season, which was against Gillingham, where they won 2-0. So they're up next on, on Tuesday night. I'll be sure be going down to Bristol myself for that one, hoping to finally see a win at Ashton Gate. I've never seen us win there. Don't uh, jinx so, it. No, well, you say don't jinx it, but it's just one of those grounds. It's just, it's just horrific. Horrible. It's always horrible. You go there, you've got the noisiest part of their fans who are just right next to you within, within throwing distance. Not that I've ever thrown anything at them, but I really want to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I stood next to him a yeah. years ago. Horrible it's just, people. Yeah, and then you, even when we were, we were like, we were, it's true, they are horrible people. Yeah, they are, they really are. I always have great fun before the game wandering around asking people if they've had my barley. But other than that, you've got my barley. Has anyone got my barley? But uh, they don't take too kindly to that. I'm going to get a smack at some point. But, um, but basically, yeah, we, we never really never really enjoy that particular trip. There's always about seven or eight minutes injury time it's usually one or two goals from bristol city in it so i'm really hoping that with two divisions between us we go down there and um give them a bit of a tonkin 
so really, guys, the question is, what sort of a team are we going to put out and what do we see? Um, just, just notice Alex Brighton, a Bristol fan, swung a traffic cone at you. Yeah, that was a uh, two-all two draw a few years ago, 2 nil up. Uh, that was before the match. I was just walking around and he decided to uh, try and attack me with a traffic cone. Mikey said, yeah. Mikey's our producer, and he said, that was me. <laughs> unless uh, unless Mikey's about 50 and he's from Bristol, I'm not we, sure we, it was him. You must, you must have met him. No, I mean, Mikey is secretive and never turns up to any of our events. But oh, no, I've seen Mikey. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. Mikey. Yeah, okay. Um, anyway, yeah, so, I mean, uh, I won't ask you all your opinion on it. Um, well, basically, um, Ian Holloway said that it's the sort of thing where we're not going to play a weakened team because, A, he said he's got into trouble in the past playing kids in the cup, which he did at Blackpool. Um, got some some stick for that, I think. Playing, I think he played a weakened team in the Premier League, just just against Man United. Yeah, I think. No, Villa, I think it was. Villa, yeah. was it Villa? Yeah, Villa was United, got, I think. There was oh. United, so he had so he saved the players for a more winnable game, and he got grief for that. But anyway, he got a um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think I think I think the main point is you, if you think about which match fitness is needed for certain players, I would say certainly Punch and Campania um, and Chamak need matches. So I, I wouldn't be surprised to see them play. Um, and really, it's about confidence as well. If we play a full team, and we, you know, we're not, we haven't got. It's not forty-six game season. Um, we're not not in any European competitions or anything like that. And we, we had a disrupted sort of pre-season with the with the situation we had with getting people in and all that. So I think we've got to go and play a full strength team. And I, I can't. If we play a full strength team, I, I just can't see any other result than us comfortably winning. Joe. Yeah, you need just nick one of my points. Um, well, we're six or eight games better off this year, um, and the other thing as well, if uh, you know, it's going to give people like Gail a chance to to uh, you know to get your shooting boots on really and have a have more of a chance of scoring against lower league defenders. Um, but yeah, I, we can we can use it for fitness, and but we don't have to. Um, <laughs> sorry, I'll just see what was being written. The sorry, boys sorry. are arguing. The boys are arguing again. Um, but no, just just we can we can work on a bit of fitness, and you know we 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 the squad we've got now. I mean, you know, we've we possibly got about eight central midfield players now. Um, but like I say, Capania mm-hmm. needs he needs a, a bit more time, a, a bit more pitch time. You know, sixty minutes for him will be fantastic. Um, but yeah, just. Uh, these are one of the things now where we're now seen as the we're seen as the big fish, aren't we? We're going yeah. down there. Um, it's a potential banana skin for us. Um, you know, it's. Uh, but I, I can't see anything but a comfortable win. Yeah. Maybe you know, the, the, maybe them scoring one and us scoring lots. Yeah, yeah. No, I want to. I want to <laughs> go down there, play off proper defence. I want to. I want it to be a clean sheet, and I want us to win comfortably. Whether that will happen or not, I don't know. And to be honest with you, if we go out the cup, I'm not exactly going to cry about it. I probably will on the day because it would be another horrible result at Bristol City. But you know, I think we've got every reason to be optimistic about it, and I think it's—I think it serves a different purpose this year. I think we've covered why that is, but I just think when when you were talking about our sort of championship seasons, it's, the cups always feel like a distraction. They're a nice distraction sometimes, and you know, last, last season we got all excited because we got to go and play Stoke in the, in, in the cup. Yeah, but it was money. It was money last yeah, yeah, year, wasn't yeah. it? That's what know, it was. But, you know what I mean? It's like, and then all of a sudden, you're just thinking, oh, we've just, yeah, we just played them, and it just, it felt completely different. And we like last season, we lost up there quite convincingly, but we all felt it was a promising performance, and everyone was happy. Only and then the uh, you know, yeah, yeah. Listen, but I mean, I don't want to get bogged down in that. Um, let's, um, you know, 
I, I, I'm not going to go into predictions for myself. So, um, I think we only got uh, a couple of predictions in on Twitter at most. Um, I think one of them said 7-0 as well. Who was that? <laughs> uh, Barry says, who cares? Sooner out of the cup, the better. Which is an interesting <laughs> point of view. And uh, Jim, actually, Jim has gone with 7-0 to Bristol City. So, thanks for that, guys. Um, okay, so that's the Bristol City uh, look-ahead done. We'll have a quick look to Sunderland now. Sunderland uh, have got a point from their two games. They drew 1-1 with Southampton. Um, they were one nil up until the 88th minute when our ex centre back Jose Font or Fonte as I prefer calling him um, <laughs> managed to equalise. Uh, I think the general consensus is Sunderland might well be a club that ends up down there with us at the end of the season. Um, we sort of perhaps thought that about Stoke as well. But um, what do you what do you think, Barney, about about that? Is is can we say third game in how that it's an important game to to be Obviously, they're all important, but does it have any extra significance because they might be down there with us? Well, I'm I'm more interested probably on the sideline. I think the first 20 minutes on the sideline between uh, Tucania and Holdaway is going to be absolutely fantastic. Um, And I think, all joking aside, I think that's going to play a huge part in the game. Um, because I think those two are very similar type of characters in management style, very outspoken. Um, And I think... Yeah, but they are going to be a side down there with us at the big. Actually, no, I'm, I'm not going to say that. I think, you know, it's, we're only two games in, and I think Sunderland finished the season well, I thought, last season. They've got they've got a fairly decent squad behind them. Um, I think it's going to be a, a tough game, but I think it's a chance for us mm. to lock up the back a little bit. And I, honestly, I think Holloway's got to pull his neck in a little bit and, and not be at that fourth official. I think let Tucanio do all the talking, let him get the. Get, let him get in trouble. Let's just stick to our game a little bit. Interesting point. I think yeah, the the, the focus with pretty much any team that's playing against Sunderland, I think, is always going to be on everyone's waiting for Decanio to do something crazy. I think, and I mean, it's, it must be an, it must be a distraction, really. But some in some ways, it might take the pressure off the team a little. They've uh, they've got they've had a lot of changes because he's a very um, forthright and opinionated person. Let's put it that way. Um, he's um, hmm, trying to phrase this in the right way. I don't want to say the word fascist, um, but he's. Uh, <laughs> oh, I've said it, haven't I? No. He, um, Good job we're in limited company now. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. So our sponsors oh, yeah. agree to that. <laughs> you said to me, no casual racism, no I casual this, no that, and then you go and call a Premier League manager a fascist. I didn't call him it. I just said I didn't want to say that word. You were thinking oh, it allegedly. Yes. Yeah. No, he said he was. It might have anyway. just got us out in a lawsuit. Yeah, maybe. For the twenty-seven pound <laughs> fifteen p we got left in the bank. Oh, he was a fascist. That's, all, that's what he said. Anyway, um, he was look, hailing a cab. That's what no, he was doing. No, his best friend's Chris Powell. He can't be. Yeah, that's it. I love I love that excuse. I'm not a racist. I've got a black friend. It's my favourite excuse. <laughs> oh, it's like with the bit. No, I'm going to get myself into trouble. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so um, um, I think yeah, everyone's waiting for. I mean, and I noticed I was reading up on it, reading up on Sunderland a bit today to see how they've been getting on. And um, the latest thing is the uh, Canios. It's quite a, it's an interesting rule, and it, I think it might come right out of a certain uh, certain rule book. I'm going to get myself into so much trouble. I'm going to stop that sentence there. Basically, the sort of divide and conquer, if you like. It's um, he's gone in there and he's 
sort of isolated certain players, pushed them out the door, and he's got Phil Bardsley uh, at the moment now. He was spotted in a casino last season or something like that, and he's currently been suspended by by Sunderland for, um, I think, basically taking the mickey when uh, when Fulham beat beat Sunderland on. He was taking the mickey on Twitter or something like that, and he's being investigated. But basically, that's what Decanio does. He, got, he, he you know he's a disciplinarian. He quite quickly goes and he, you know, he will isolate certain people and he'll, and he'll very much make sure that they, um, the people know that he's the boss and he's not a great lover of people with reputations. But the thing is with him is he wants to be the centre of attention. It, you know, it happened to him at Swindon. He got some good, great results. In fact, he did really well with that club. But at the same time, he did things that alienated players and alienated supporters and caused concerns to people. And I think that's basically what he's what he does is, is how he manages and it'd be interesting to see how that works on the long term. I do genuinely believe that, that Sunderland will be down there this season. Uh, I think they're going to struggle. They've brought some interesting players in, but I think it's very difficult to gel a team together. Uh, and there's this, the egos at that level. And, you know, even though we're, we're talking as a, as palace fans here, we, there's not a lot of egos at palace. The top players, you know, have a degree of belief in their own abilities, and they won't really tolerate being being talked to like kids and things like that. So I think there's a disruptive situation at Sunderland, and it's just how well they, it holds together. And I think if you can get ahead against them, they're not the sort of team that are going to come back at you too well. I just think that there's a fragility about their belief, um, and and you know, let's let's see what happens. I, I genuinely think it's a game that's that's there for us to get to get our first points on the board. We've got our first goal on the board. In the Premier League, that's that makes you know makes it's nice to get it out of the way. Nice to get Chamac on the score sheet as well. He's he looking a, a good threat up there. So I don't think I've plenty to be optimistic about. I don't see that there's nothing to fear from them. They're you know they're not a great side and they're in a transitional period just like uh, Stoke were. But this time it's at Sellers. We'll have the full crowd behind us and um, every reason to be optimistic. I think we're going to go ahead and win this one. Uh, your your view, Alex. Yeah, I just wanted to say the fact about them having signed a lot of players and trying to bed those in. I think we're in the kind of same position. And I yeah. think you saw that in the lack of concentration last game. But anyway, if we play the way that we did at Stoke in the first half, we'll be a couple of goals ahead easy because we actually created quite a few chances. They weren't in the box and they weren't they weren't particularly clear-cut, but we still created chances. So if we create a couple of chances in the first half, I don't see why we can't even win by a couple of goals. I, I don't think they offer very much. Actually, uh, I want to pick up on a point. I'm going to end our little discussion there. We've got an, an email in, actually. I want to get to it uh-huh. before, before I end the show as well. But little last little point, maybe a bit of positivity that we, we need to end on, really. And that's that there was a spell in that first half where I was watching us, and it was ju- it was actually just after we scored, when, when just after, in fact, just after the crouch uh, header that Jules tipped onto the bar there. And just after that happened, we, we kind of, even, it might have even been from the, um, from the sort of the start of play after that, and it was we just got the ball down, and we just did. We looked a Premiership side. Mm. We looked we looked comfortable in possession. It was a, we were playing in a way that I don't think I've seen us play for a long, long time. And it was the one touch football, wasn't it? It, it was the one. The, t- it's, it's, it, the thing with that is, it's the movement. It's not just the the ability to play the pass once. It's the movement of the players around the ball. Usually, usually we got one or two. That, 
like in in the palace side that uh, that in that that kind of wavelength but there was sort of a group of four or five just sort of all switching positions and creating angles and it was Campania really who was leading that I felt I mean because he he just wanted the ball and he, he he just wanted the ball in any situation he had two people on him but he was still screaming for the ball just you know give 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 and every time he got it he just managed to play a perfect pass to someone else and it was just lovely bits of interplay and I just thought if we can keep this going and just build on this, that's and we play like that this season. We 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 could beat half the teams in that league at that level of football, but it's sustaining yeah. it, and that's that's the big that's the step up now. <clears throat> Excuse me. <laughs> well, quiet there because I didn't. I was trying to. You don't want to really finish a really impassioned point on a burp, so I really had to force that one back down. Can I mention my two friends? I've a lot of friends. friends. I've got a lot of friends. Yeah, but two two of my really close friends. Guy called Alex Smiles, who um, he's a Sunderland fan. Alex Alex Smiles. His name is. Oh, I thought you said I smell. No, he's a he's a Sunderland fan who lives in Whitley Bay in Newcastle. Who he knows Rambo, and uh, and he works at Liverpool. Um, And my mate Steve Hart, who has only ever been to two Sunderland games in his forty three years, and they've Mm. both been against Crystal Palace. I, the irony was, do you remember, I don't know if you're too young to remember this, but when we played Sunderland and uh, Kevin Phillips, we were singing, I think it was after he was dropped for, from England, and we were saying, you never play for England, and he scored the winning goal against us, and <laughs> ran past the Homesdale, cupping his ear and shushing us, which was quite <laughs> funny. And my mate's six foot four, and he was trying to sit on his, well, he sat on his hands really, really well. So, But safe to say, my mate Steve, Steve Hart, will be there with me, East Sunderland, and Mackham, and uh, obviously we'll be giving each other a hell of a load of shit, whatever the result. So, <laughs> but um, yeah, anyway, I just, I just wanted to mention them. Um, yeah, it's going to be good. I'm, I'm really looking forward to the game. Yeah, I, it, it, I think we've got every reason to be optimistic going into that. And you know, I, I very much fancy three points from that from that game. I have to say, uh, just to sort of end on. We've got a lovely email in from uh, Quentin Sold, and I won't read out all the praise because it sounds um, it sounds arrogant to do that. It really does, but you know. But I just wanted—he just wanted. To, he also made the point. He said he lives in Inverness. He wants to ask if he's the most northerly homesdaler. Um, he thinks he thinks he saw one fan in Dingwall, which is the home of Ross County, which is twelve miles north of the Highland capital. But um, it's yeah, just wondering. So, do we have any listeners or, or what's his name? His name is Quentin Soldan. Is that okay. a, we guess we that, that doesn't we do get a lot of emails from one particular person with a variety of joke names, but I don't think it is one on this occasion. If it is, it's too complicated for me to understand. <laughs> but um, what a, intro- what a, what are some of the names? What huge arse and stuff? Yeah, like that. that sort of stuff. Yeah, ah. they're, actually, they're actually quite more creative than that. There's a, you just have to read them occasions about three times to work out what they are. But, um, no, listen. Thanks, thanks for your email, Quentin. Um, you know, thank, and, and for your nice comments as well. And um, so, I'm pretty. If, you, if you're allowed to go into other countries, there's you'd be amazed at how many people listen, and and obviously use Homesdale and .net and BBS as well. It's just, it's this Palace fans literally all over the world. It's just amazing. <coughs> but I don't know if anyone's listening in even further north within the British Isles. Do let us know. Uh, but anyway, look, like I say, in in summer, we've it's it's been a. a dis- yeah, a disappointing result, but I think it's been another very positive week for us in the Premier League. This next week is obviously huge. We've got the the this is the last week of being able to bring people in. Um, I know we've got all sorts of things, all sorts of deals that are trying to be done. 
Uh, I'm sure by the by the end of this season, sorry, the end of this season, the end of this week. Joe, can you stop laughing? No, I've laugh? just seen something on Twitter. Can I just say if, if you Enfield yeah, to Hollywood, just look on that person. Enfield to Hollywood. They've taken a photo. They've opened their bedroom door. There's a fox in his bedroom. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. I just I just don't know what to say. <laughs> It's not a Leicester fan to keep it current. He's a fox, and the geese are shitting himself as well. (laughs) Yeah, they are. They're getting brave foxes these days. I mean, listen, why? Let's why not? Yeah, he wanted to go sleep. Yeah, he's got to watch him, mate. You know, (laughs) getting confident. It's like squirrels as well. Do you remember squirrels used to run from you in the the eighties and nineties, didn't they, Joe? Now they run at you. What's going on with that? You know what they do as well? Eat the apples that fall down off the trees. Do they, do they get like? Are they like when hedgehogs get drunk on apples? Yes. Or, um, when, when they start like fermenting. That? The squirrels do that now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sort of. Oh man, <laughs> some crazy shit. Um, <laughs> what a fantastic way to end the show. Oh fucking hell. Hmm. Awkward silence. Mm. Um. What was I saying? Yeah. Listen. Positive week basically is what I was saying. Transfer window is is going to be huge for us. Um, I think we're going to probably see some exciting signings, but the indication is they will be coming in from abroad. I don't think it'll be too much domestic. Keep me up, Joe. Fucking hell. It wasn't me, um, wasn't it? No. Mm, who's going to admit to that yawn? Alex. It wasn't me. It's past my bedtime, though. Being a student and all that. Oh yeah. I'm going to try get one some, last some time. Scores? I'm gonna try one. La- no, we're not. I'm going to try one last time to finish this show. Okay. Uh, We'll, yeah, listen, as of next week, we'll have, we'll have played Sunderland. Uh, we'll have three points on the board and some exciting new signings, I'm sure of that, and plenty to look forward to for the season ahead. So do join us next week, Sunday, 8 pm. Cheerio! Bye. Radio is proudly sponsored by CompleteSigns.co.uk. Complete Signs are a producer of top quality internal and external signs for an ever-expanding portfolio of clients, including hotels, schools, local authorities and small businesses across the nation. Offering a wide range of creative solutions from flat metal nameplates to neon fascia signs and everything in between. Clients are offered the highest standards in consultation and sales support to ensure complete customer satisfaction. With clients free to choose solutions from a wide variety of materials including brass aluminium stainless steel wood and a number of plastics covering most of south england with virtual offices in croydon epsom hawley worcester park in surrey crowthorne in berkshire regent street west london docklands east london and crawley in brighton in sussex so if you're looking for the complete professional service for your sign needs then look no further than complete signs head to their website complete signs.co.uk for further information including contact details and full office addresses it's the 90th minute all your mates around you've got your mcnugget share boxes ready to go your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget snatching all three points perfect 
Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.